Happy July and welcome to episode number 36 of The Space In Between. And today we are going to sit with Caesar and Nicole who have both been on and shared their individual stories. And today we'll sit with them and learn about their collective stories. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to chat a little bit about our experience last night. So if you listened last week to um, our last episode with Samantha, Erica, and myself, we talked a bit about breathwork and Movement 109. And so last night was the event. We had a really beautiful turnout. I am still glowing from, from the experience myself. There was a bit of discomfort at times, but then we got through it and found joy on the other side. And as Samantha pointed out at the end of the practice yesterday of just how all of it passes through us, right? It's all temporary. Um, so yeah, that experience was temporary and we are here now. And But I am still still feeling the energy of it, still feeling that flow of it. And that is what is so very special about it. Uh, and yeah, we're going to do it again. I know we'll be doing it again in the fall. Eric and I, we're going to sit down and look at our calendars soon, but I'll also be offering a movement 109 training. So if you're interested in the whys and the hows of this practice or want to incorporate it into your own practice, or maybe even teach it, I will be leading a training this fall, so stay tuned for more details for that. And that weekend training will be a part of our 200-hour training, too. Uh, you can take this training independently, or you can come be a part of our 200-hour teacher training. So if you're interested in diving deeper into your yoga practice or maybe even teaching the tools of yoga to other people, um, yeah, this will be the training for you. And I do have to say our 200-hour training and our 300-hour training have always had such high standards beyond what Yoga Alliance standards were. And I'm happy to say that Yoga Alliance has finally raised their standards and um, we have, we're aligned with them already. So uh, a couple of the things were the contact hours. We give you the full 200 contact hours and um, yeah, and I am a 500 hour ERYT teacher. I have been that since I think 2010. Um, for many years. And there are a couple of other little things that, that we are aligned with as well. So our 200 hour begins September 19th this fall. It runs for three months through December, and you'll get the solid foundation of the practice of yoga, as well as these other mini weekend trainings, like I said, Movement 109, a bar training, and then also our tribe training, which is to bring the tools of yoga to active duty. And also um, we can see it as first responders as well. So um, that is happening. And uh, yeah, what else is happening? We are traveling with Becca Roberts, who has also been on here before. She and I were going to Belize, and you can too, November 17th through the 22nd. And um, that's happening, but there's the early Nomad special ends July 17th. So you have a couple more weeks to sign up and save money, get a good flight, and join us. And uh, our other retreat that's happening is March 2020. I'm going to Bali and I'll be bringing Movement, My Movement 109 with me and hopefully you. So go find out all about that at nomadalwaysathome.com. But for now, let's sit with Nicole and Caesar. Okay, so I have two guests today. 
Um, and we've been with both of you before. So we have Caesar and Nicole. And welcome back, guys. Hi. Thank thanks you. for having us back. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, after we spoke, that was a couple of months ago, Caesar. We, you said, hey, you need to interview my lady. And my then, smarter and better three quarters. Yeah. Because her story is unique to her, but it's also just as interesting. And so here we are, and, you know, we're able to cross paths. Yeah. So thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And, and just hearing both of you um, on, on the podcast and off, offline, too, I've just always been intrigued by your story of how you guys got together, knowing a little bit of both of your backgrounds now um, through this. So that's what I thought we would share is how you, um, how you found each other to start off with. If you want to dive into that. Sure. Where does the story I, begin? I think Caesar Nicole. That, that old <laughs> adage of the universe provides exactly what you need when you need it. Yeah. Has never played more true. I literally was miserable in a sublet in an apartment in Harlem. Not because I was in Harlem, but it's just post-breakup, I think that apartment was my 28th living location in two years. Yeah. And not limited to spending nights in Port Authority, and we spoke to that yes. last interview. <clears throat> and I get asked by one of the roommates, who were okay guys, if I could pass off the keys to the new sublet roommate coming in, sure, what time? Because I'm only there X amount of times during the day. Early morning, great, I can handle that. I get told around 7 a.m., but I don't know how to work the buzzer on the door. So when the doorbell is rung into the building, I don't know how to open it. So I just physically walked the five flights down, opened this front door and said, hey, I'm Caesar. Are you Nicole? And before me is this tall, striking, beautiful brunette with this light that was shining from this smile that came across her face. At 7 a.m. At 7 a.m. On January 2nd, so it was dead of winter. Oh. So freezing. I passed off the keys. Great to meet you. That was it. I went back upstairs. And then over the course of, I think, the 35 days she was in the apartment, we probably ran across each other maybe half a dozen times. Because again, odd hours, so in you, rehearsals. Yeah, you were living together, wasn't you? Were she was across the hall yeah, in so the other room. barely saw each other. And the few times we got to speak, we connected because we're both theater people. We both had mutual friends. I'd always noticed in the passing, whether it be early morning or evening, that he always had a huge backpack on and always decked out in fitness gear. Which, me being not just a dancer, but a, a fitness junkie, um, at that time, I was getting up to go to these early morning uh, like hit classes down in Chelsea and bringing Tupperware to steal the food for the rest of my day. And, and so I was just like, where, where are you going? Yeah. You know? So that, that was one of the first conversations of uh, figuring out more of what we did on a daily basis that wasn't just the general, oh, I'm a dancer or I'm a coach. I was yeah. like, oh, you're heading down there. Cool. You want to join sometime because yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. Conversationally, it flowed easy. Um, neither one of us, I think, had, I know I can't speak for her, but I had zero romantic intentions. Yeah. I literally was like, oh, this is some really just good people. Yeah. And just what little time we spent talking we really dived into the depths of 
where are you from and why and this is what I do and here's yeah. someone I connected with because she was just as nomadic speaking of nomad <laughs> I know I love it and had been in and out of places for the last yeah. eight years in New York City and yeah. here I am in my 28th place in two years and we both understand the rigors of show contracts and coming back and being on a friend's couch for two weeks, being in an apartment for 30 days. And at one point I needed help auditioning. I had needed help filming an audition and say, hey, would you mind just pressing record? And there I am basically in front of a stranger auditioning for what is now the greatest showman movie and callback after callback. I never booked the movie, but that also brought us together. And we ended up going to classes together. I asked mm -hmm. one day, where are you headed? I'm going to a yoga class. Where? Some spot down in Chelsea. Well, I'll come with you. So yeah. we ended up becoming fitness yeah. friends. Mm -hmm. nice. And then I would leave and she'd go off on her day and she had rehearsals because she was about to leave on the international mm -hmm. tour of Chicago, the musical. And I didn't think anything of it. Right after you left, I found myself drawn to just talking to her. So Instagram. She was, in, she was on in Chicago on tour. So yeah, so I had I came upon that particular sublet yeah. in a precarious sort of situation as well. You know, Caesar was talking about how many places he had spent the nights in and subletted over the course of two years. Uh, I was in the same, interestingly enough, position where I was between a bunch of different sublets in the year and a half prior to moving into that apartment, I had been in 17 different places. Yeah. And that sublet for the month of January alone happened to be the closest place when I found out that I would not have the sublet that I'd been in for November and December. It wouldn't be transferring over into January. So I was like, great, now I've got to find just anything. Yeah. And the, you know, in quotes, just anything yeah. ended up leading me to him and there was something specifically if I you know, can go back to just meeting him the first time I swore that I knew him from somewhere mm -hmm. I just I was like I gotta figure it out was he someone's like in a cast with someone I knew is he who knows what and I just couldn't figure it out but I I look back on that and I think I already had a sense of spirit that was drawn mm -hmm. to him yeah. and his to me that felt kindred just in the simple energy of it, that it tricked my mind to thinking like, God, I swear yeah, I know I him. this person. Yeah. yeah. Well, and let's kind of stay there too. Where were you in terms, because you said you hadn't thought anything romantically about her. Where were you in terms of that in your life? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> a can of worms opening! Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we talked a little bit about yeah. it in your last, in the last interview, um, your past. So, like, just to kind of connect the dots there. Uh, romantically, I had just all about given up. I just, again, was post-breakup. This was not your marriage. This was no, no. This is another relationship okay. that ended in 2015. That. So here it is, January of 2017. Okay. So and I was still like wallowing in, God damn it, another failed relationship. What is it that I'm doing? I was still therapeutically seeking the counseling. I was still working on what I needed to do for myself, mm -hmm. and thought, you know what? It's just going to be easier if I don't get involved with anybody. Yeah. So it's, and we've all spoken to that. Like we all know what it feels like to come out of a relationship and go, you know what, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth to dive into something. It ain't worth to open your heart. It ain't worth to try to get into a relationship and try to figure someone else out. I was just over it. Yeah. Which I think made it easier to be a friend. Yeah. 
And so here we are, these fast friends, connected links, kindred links, spirit animal links with fitness, with theater, with mutual friends. And I had zero intentions for anything other than that. So by the time she left rehearsal and went out on tour, which was uh, the first part was in the United States, it was neat to follow that she was in this city, in this city, and then come to find out in April she was going to be playing the Kennedy Center in D.C. So up until that point, we were, you know, still friends and still chatting and, you know, liking Instagram posts and liking Facebook stuff. And I said, you know what, I'm going to come to D.C. to see the show. I've never been to the Kennedy Center. I've always wanted to. D.C. is an easy enough jaunt. So I hopped on a bus. She offered the couch in her room. Yeah. Great. I get there, again, like I'd never left. Fast friendship. Yeah. Entirely platonic on yeah, my side like, as well. Like yeah. there, was, there wasn't any, any space in my heart or head yeah. that was looking for anything. Was that, that just with your career, or had you gone through? I'd, I'd gone through enough in my past that yeah. was a long, <laughs> a long downward spiral. Yet, yeah. um, if I, it's interesting because the summer of 2015, mm-hmm. which interestingly enough summer. coincided the with the separation, yeah. um, I had. That was the first time that I recognized that I was um, in a low-level state of depression for being a very productive person, for being a very outgoing person. Um, I had noticed myself over the course of that summer get to a place where I did not recognize myself. I was not doing anything in terms of um, providing for myself and health. I wasn't interested, and it just clicked. I was like, oh, my God. I've spent the last three weeks in my bed crying spontaneously, Um, I had at that point, unfortunately, been on the receiving end of uh, my ex's suicide call. <laughs> so it was just, it was just a lot um, that was all happening. I w- had my nonprofit and was coming down from the, the ramping up to the height of what would be that later August, going back for that again, and then I hit a huge. Um, bump with that. So that really spiraled me downwards. And I was in a full state of depression until what would have been the May after I met Caesar. And he was, for me, I find an integral part of how I started to find my way out of that. Okay. So mentally, emotionally, for that year and a half prior to meeting him, I was absolutely not interested yeah. in anything at all. And that was part of the communication, is I found myself being able to share information that I hadn't spoken to anyone about other than a counselor or a therapist. None of my friends had a clue. My brother didn't have a clue. My best friend from college didn't have a clue. I can't talk to my parents about it because all they do is worry. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I am in a safe space Mm -hmm. and I can say to you, you know, I'm just not happy, and here's why. And it was one of the conversations we had in DC. I said to him, I was like, I feel really safe. And lo and behold, here again, serendipitously, the universe is working. The bus that I was supposed to take to go back to New York got canceled. (laughs) So I I guess you're staying. I came in, (laughs) you know, hung out, 
saw the show, was catching a midnight bus to come back to New York City because I've got stuff to do. And that bus, I get an email notification saying it's been canceled. So the next bus isn't until the next morning at like 8. So do you mind if I crash another night? And no, it was just another night of We're up to like 3 a.m. talking. talking. Yeah. Yeah, and it turned into something. I feel something. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, but the, the mental warfare of I have <sighs> I'm having a deeper connection, but I'm actively trying to resist feeling to those it. things. I don't yeah. want this. Like I, I really know. don't want. Th- yeah. yeah. And then she leaves. What was your next city after DC? Do you remember? Well, we had a couple weeks between, so we were in like three or four different cities between DC and Providence. So Providence the point was is, the next month. is after DC, she's still in the United States. Yeah. And I talk to her every day. Like, not Instagram, not liking a post, but I physically talk to her. Mm -hmm. FaceTime, phone call, even if it was just like, hey, where are you guys at? Oh, you're on the bus. Great, have a safe trip. I found myself drawn to wanting to speak to her. And you felt that too. There was something that you're both. There's a light that went on. Absolutely. Like, and I and I had What's this. That? Yeah, I had this app. Um, many people have it now, but Marco Polo when it was just starting to take yeah. off. It's he fantastic. Was, he was Thanks, always Marco sending. Polo. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. He was always sending video um, messages. Just yeah. to, instead of having to text everything, yeah. he'd send a video message. And I was very much not that person to do video messages, but I was very comfortable because one of my dear friends who lives in uh, Phoenix, she and I go, would go back and forth sending videos and I could talk for like an hour, (laughs) you know, but I couldn't talk for 30 seconds without being nervous on the video. So I was like, how about you just pop over to Marco Polo? And then that helped also not escalate, but... Um, blossom, yeah. you know, our our communication from there because I could actually see his face yeah. and not worry about time limits on, you know, text videos and so yeah. forth. But she yeah. mentioned Providence. So you're looking at April in D.C. Mm-hmm. and then sort of beginning of May? Yeah, it was, it was pretty, much, pretty much like the beginning of April and the beginning of May, those two different cities. They're in Providence, Rhode Island, and yet another easy enough trip from New York City. And on her invitation, why don't you come out and see the show again? But something inside of my body was like, wait, why? Just to come hang out or is like to... So You're I like, cleared... Yeah. And again, I've got 19 jobs. Yeah. I cleared an entire weekend, mm-hmm. four days. Which I already knew even as roommates in January, I knew that that was a big deal. Like yeah. taking because, time away. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so to ask, not just for a day, yeah. um, but, and not just to come see the Kennedy Center and our mutual friends, but to come see me. Yeah, so what was your intention with that in- invitation? I, ju- I just... Yeah, what was your intention? <laughs> 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 to suck and suck yeah. and I'm no. pretty calm. No, and, and again, like not even. Oh my god! Because I'll tell you all about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, because I, I get out to Providence. Here are four days. We're staying together now, and not me on the couch, yeah. but like sharing a bed. Yeah. Over the course of that weekend, I finally kissed her. Mm-hmm. But again, here we are, six months later, in connecting and meeting. Yeah. Again, nothing romantically with an intention. I'm nervous as all hell. Like I'm in seventh grade again to kiss a girl. Mm-hmm. And 
it was nothing more than that. There was no physical consummation. There was nothing. It was just a weekend of hanging out. I saw the yeah. show like three times. Yeah. And then got on the bus and was like, all right, peace out. Because they were going to Asia. Yeah. So here I am in this boat of, I don't know if I'm ever going to see you again. Yeah. I don't know where this is going, what's going to come of this. Yeah. All I know is, is we're looking at the end of May and I get this huge package in the mail. Because my birthday is May 30th. And I'm opening this Almost huge book. Oh my God, Thursday. Yeah. So I, I'm, I get this package in the mail and it's this huge birthday surprise multiple gifts like nothing that needed to be done and I just I knew that there was something about her and I said to her maybe a week later via FaceTime I love you I just I know I do I'm not exactly sure why I'll figure it out later <laughs> and then it was over the course of her being in Korea Taipei Taiwan Japan. Uh, Japan and I was like you know what I'm gonna fucking fly to Japan and see you. Oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, no, you're not, because I, as yeah. a performer who's traveling internationally or even just domestically a lot, <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I have asked friends, family to come out and have them be excited and say, oh yeah, I'll try to make it happen. But the percentage of uh, yeah, that actual true. follow through yeah. is so little, yeah. and especially in the mental state that I was in already at that point. Yeah. I was like, I don't expect this bro to come out. Even though he came to D.C. and yeah. Providence, like, you saying you're going to come out to Asia, yeah. we'll see. We'll see, yeah. And lo and behold. No, lo and I flew behold, out to Tokyo in August. You flew out to Tokyo. It's been 10 days out there. And it was amazing. And there we physically consummated hey, our <laughs> But it was that there was no, yeah. there was no pressure to do something, yeah. you know. Because lo and behold, all of us have had our successes and failures in dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was n- there was no pressure, like yeah. none. Yeah. And even if I had flown to Tokyo, and nothing had happened, yeah. that would not have upset yeah. me. I wasn't there for that. You were just being yeah. drawn to it. It was it was, let's go to Tokyo. And, you know, we talked about this the first time we sat. And even when we first met, it's like, where's this journey going? Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about where it's headed. I'm worried about what's going on now in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I decided to fly to Tokyo. And then on a sign of good faith, she was like, I'll pay for the flight back to New York. Mm-hmm. So I flew myself out there and she flew me back to New York 10 days later. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. We had so much fun. Yeah. I, I think that was also a testament for me, I was like, what am I going to do? I've never, even while we were roommates, yeah. this is the most amount of time we will have ever spent together <laughs> in Tokyo. Yeah. So I'm like, if it doesn't go well after two days, yeah, what do you do? What, you know? Yep, you're stuck. <laughs> and, and we just had a blast. Yeah. We did, we, I mean, we already knew that we were okay with just going with the flow, being nomadic, whatever. But... But I was like, I got a list of things that we could do here and we can grab food there and we can go watch a sumo wrestling thing over here. Do you want to go down to Mount Fuji? Like, do you want to get, you know, take a train? Fiji. Fiji, sorry. There is a Mount Fuji. So did you have time off? You had, it sounds like you... We only had one day off. Okay, so you just... So I basically saw her in the mornings and the afternoons before I walked her to the theater. Yeah. And then we also took 
a poll with her friends and she's like, hey, this guy, I don't even, I actually want to hear this story. But she tells her friends in the cast, this boy is coming to see me, but he's a yoga teacher. Do any of you guys want to take class? So we tied this into me teaching the cast of Chicago the Musical oh, okay. Yoga. Yeah. And so that's how I was able to write it off as a business trip. <laughs> so I was going to Tokyo to teach yoga. Hey. But I was really going to Tokyo to see a girl. Yeah. But what did you tell your friends? I don't even know the story. What do you mean in terms of like who this guy is? Yeah, like what did you say? They asked me something in DC. I distinctly remember you yeah, comes you again. coming. Because I also sent you packages like and periodically in cities in the states, she'd get like a package waiting for her at the theater. Which was like he, because we're both foodies, yeah. and always on the go, uh, and both love Trader Joe's. Oftentimes the packages would be like black licorice, which he hates, but I love it. You know, from Trader Joe's, or it'd be like, like here's uh, a mix of road. nuts yeah. and jerky, and you know, here's it's a, a care bulk, package. A care so package. So you send him the first package on his birthday, and then that just sort of yeah, it. yeah, okay. and there would be yeah. no expectation. Like she'd yeah. literally get yeah, you just to Denver, and the theater's like, oh, Nicole Benoit, there's a package here waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. And she opens it to yeah. find, yeah, whatever snacks. Yeah, food. and and that that's actually something that was very pivotal for me and I just celebrated quietly by myself celebrated this that um, after having gone through that depression um, and still in many ways you know recovering from it but the very first time that I ever caught myself taking a level up a level back to a, a state of peacefulness was May 13th of two years ago, because that's when I got his care package to the theater that was just before we left for Asia. So technically, you sent the first one. Cause it had, I don't remember. I don't know. But I have, a, <laughs> I, I have a video of me opening it, and and it was probably a combination of, like, I can't believe this guy, mm-hmm. whom I still don't really know, but I... Like, in my gut, I feel like I know, but I don't really know all of his life. Um, He sent me all the things that he listened well enough to know what I like and I need. Because I didn't need any of it, but he heard. Um, And so it was in that package, and he wrote a beautiful little card um, that listed all the things. Explained some of the things that may not have been, you know, obvious to me. And, And I literally was on my way to places for the top of show and I caught myself with a little more lift mm-hmm. running out of the dressing room and I literally stopped and looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, that's a happy face. And I'm totally gonna get emotional right now. But it's like, it was the first time that I'd seen myself smile, a genuine smile mm-hmm. in at least a year and a half, wow. you know? And in the performance world, of course, you're gonna be able to go back and see photos of me at other shows and opening nights and with friends and a smile but I I know when I look back at many of those photos it's there's nothing behind my eyes you recognized yourself yeah. again yeah yeah and that was with a care package from this silly guy <laughs> yeah. well it sounds like he saw you you yeah. know like you were saying he heard things that you didn't necessarily say hey I like that licorice you just got excited about it and he just naturally I remembered it put yeah. that in there he yeah. remembered and he saw you and then yeah. almost like he realized that you could see you again yeah yeah. and I think going back to that safety it was it was a sense that my my body my mind my heart was like 
you can you can release a little bit yeah. with this guy. He's yeah. okay. Yeah, he's safe. So we, we would and we did and fast forward to present day, like there's still multiple moments of discovery. You know, I know that I have someone who is gonna go to bat for me, mm-hmm. but is also going to not put up with my shit. And each of us by ourselves are very uniquely difficult. And humans are. Yeah. Humans are difficult. Like we, we have a gamut of emotions. Yeah. And that's what makes us beautiful as people. But like to find someone who can willingly sit to listen or to try to assist or just be an ear yeah. is, is, is hard. And you know, and like again, again, we, we, we are not the epitome of perfection. By no means. Yeah. But we find that our individual collective strength put together becomes even more powerful. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're, I don't mind sharing it on social media, like about my team and, mm-hmm. and what we are. And again, it's not for show. Like I don't do any of this to try to tell people, oh, I got a girlfriend and you don't, or that kind of mentality behind mm-hmm. it. There's a genuine appreciation for who you are and what she does and who she stands for just as a strong, independent woman who in this world has already got all of those strikes against her. And anyone on this planet right now that's having to deal with being a person of color, being female, especially in our current United States of America, so we're dealing with all sorts of issues when it comes to systemic racism, Socially being put in a, a certain misogynistic yeah. profiles. We've got a government right now that doesn't support females. Mm-hmm. All of that comes into play. But when you find someone who you can share all of that openly with mm-hmm. and then shares in the same ideal with you so that you can go and fight these things together, mm-hmm. I think it's just all yeah. the more powerful. Um, nice. Our parents... Our parents. I'm going to just mm-hmm. quickly segue into my mom and dad have supported my brother and I our whole lives. But have always taken our girlfriends and even my ex-wife with that mm -hmm, polite smile. No, my mom loves Nicole. Mm -hmm. And we were laughing the other day because I just got new tattoo work done. And she mentioned her dad several years ago, (laughs) you know, scoffing at someone who was fully tattooed. And yet her parents love me. (laughs) Love them. So we speak to how our unifying relationship is now taking our aging parents and their idealisms and their maybe points of view and helping to alter for the better a lot of what they maybe think about. Like here are her parents who are white Christian conservatives and here are my parents who are not of this country, Mexican and Spanish. My brother and I are first generation her parents, school teachers, educated my parents, educated through the School of Hard Knocks, became naturalized citizens mm-hmm. um, in the early 80s, and yet we brought them all together. And yeah. they've never physically met, but they're all fast friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. here are her brothers, who I wouldn't maybe give the time of day to on the street, just because, I don't know, but yeah. we're all, we all get along. My brother loves her. So it, it's just been a yeah. really neat way to combine yeah. forces. I think it's also something to be said about the work ethic. You know, he mentions that his his parents, um, up until his dad retiring mm-hmm. last year, and my father retires this year, um, the the work ethic mm-hmm. 
whether immigrants or um, or just you know, hard US workers, citizens, yeah. just hard workers. And I think that is something that also has just been sunken into both of our DNAs that has connected us. Because it, it would be one thing for us to both be performers and we relate on being performers. It'd be one thing, on the other hand, to just be, you know, you know, physical fitness junkies and connect on that. But all the space that's in between all of that, how we feel. The space it, in between. We, the space in between. <laughs> it always comes back to the space in between. But how how we choose to fill it yeah. is the same. And I think that that is also one of the things that kept me up until Caesar from allowing myself to go to a place of, you know, choosing marriage or choosing another relationship or actually, you know, committing to someone for a super long time is because I realized that the pace that I take my, my life at would need a very specific person. And I'm not interested in trying to seek out that diamond in the rough. I'll wait for that person to show up and that yeah. person should show up. But you also said you were at a point where you had decided I don't oh, need it. I was, I was so I, I found that super interesting because yeah. so over it. I yeah. thought in my own dialogue in my head, do I have a chance? Like, do I want to pursue a relationship? Mm -hmm. Do I have a chance? Yeah. Will I be rejected? Like, do I want to put myself in that place where mm -hmm. she could possibly say, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then have to deal with that heartbreak because I was really growing attached. Yeah. And so then she shared at one point, no, I had basically written off men. Yeah. Just written off anything other than working, yeah. being a good Christian and just being a good person and just being a good human yeah. on this planet. Yeah. yeah. And I thought... Oh shit! I I'm I feel lucky because I, I, I in essence, yeah. I was picked. Yeah. yeah. And that's a huge honor. Yeah. Well, I I think that what we haven't really mentioned yet, but going in with that, that I had because I am a very strong woman of faith. Um, there was a lot of a lot <laughs> of time spent being like, is this the right thing to do? Like, am I going to? actually continue backtracking myself emotionally if I allow myself to be um, interested, become attached to this person. A boy. A boy. <laughs> you know, and, and it wasn't, and I, I don't want to have any of us give the interpretation that like, particularly when a girl's like, oh, I'm done with men. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. It was very much so the acknowledgement that I had tried really hard yeah. and I had gotten into, I'd gotten to a point in my lengthy counseling during that depressive period at the lowest point of it um, that I was like, you know what, I, I am so satisfied and I'm so fulfilled by the work that I do and I'm so proud of where I am, not in a boastful way, but I have tried all my life to earn what I receive. Mm -hmm. And it is better for me, I am happier to just do what I do because that has been my calling and yeah. I realize that calling all my life that I don't, I, I, I don't want to have the responsibility of someone else. I don't want someone else to be telling me that I shouldn't be happy on stage, that, I, that it's uh, confusing for someone to understand a life of running around and, you know, paycheck to mouth, yeah. you know, I, I just, I knew that I was satisfied with the life that I was, the path that I was on. Yeah. And if someone happened to pop in, then it'd be a very clear sign to me that yeah. 
that that person was supposed to be there, whether I want them there or not, but it would be very clear. And after prayer, like every single day in Korea, I would wake up, first thing I would do, just do my prayers, same thing before the end. And all my little prayers throughout the day, or you know, some people might call them meditations or mantras, um, there was not once in the midst of all of this that that I got that sound that was like back up right now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I and my ears were totally open to yeah. hear that and to respond, but it was very much like stay, just we're abide. Both, we're both yeah. very spiritually based. Yeah. You know, I grew up strict Catholic, and then you sort of step away from that faith and discover what works for you. So regardless of what people believe, like whatever your higher being is, whatever it is that you decide runs the universe or runs the world, great. Like that's, let that be uniquely yours. Sort of find someone who shares a similar sentiment yeah. is, is really special. Um, again, I love the idea that the universe provides exactly what you need when you need it. So we were in Tokyo, Japan in August, and then I went off to do a series of shows. Mm -hmm. okay. So I That's left, right. and she literally had finished up the Asian part of the tour, moved... Got my injury. Oh, that's moved. what I wanted to kind of... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, so uh, was injured in... You were injured? Or? She was injured yes. in Asia. Okay, so you um, were injured after his visit. Correct. Yeah. Well, technically, the, the injury had started... It was right around that same time. ...before he came over. And then it peaked. So what I described in our yeah. last, you know, podcast, um, the morning when I woke up and I couldn't move and I had to go to the ER and I was out of the show indefinitely. That happened in the country after Japan. Oh, wow. But the that whole period of the two months, almost two months, of my body starting to decline, add medication. Yeah. add extra days, you know, sick leave. Yeah. You know, that, that finally came to a head after he had left. Can I comment on that yeah. real quick? Yeah. yeah. I was in Tokyo with her, and again, the elements of a couple of herniated discs were starting to take its toll. And she called out of an afternoon show. She's like, I just, I think I need to get this checked out. So here I was, basically a stranger. We're still trying to connect physically, mentally, spiritually, and I'm accompanying her in this very negative air type of situation where she has to go to a doctor in a yeah. foreign country and see if she's even okay. Yeah. And I remember you telling me how much you appreciated yeah. that I was just there. And I sat in a waiting room mm -hmm. with yeah. zero complaint and I had nothing to complain yeah. about. Like I was like, oh my God, I hope she's okay. Because yeah. coming yeah. from a performer perspective, coming from a fitness professional perspective, I know what happens if your body physically shuts down. Yeah. There's a lot of what you do for your job that you can't do. Yeah. And so I'm saying these little prayers myself in the waiting room, just going, oh my God, I hope she's okay. Yeah. And that was also another way for us to bond. Yeah. Because yeah. here she was worrying about, oh my God, he's in a waiting room. But I'm like, don't even worry about me. Let's get yeah. whatever's happening with yeah. you situated. And then, of course, unfortunately and fortunately, the injury <laughs> worsened when she yeah. got to Taipei, Taiwan. But I was also there physically to be present with her during a very arduous time yeah. and was able to just sort of 
give her that inclination like, okay, he's someone I can trust and be yeah. with. Um, I was going to touch up like after the injury and she leaves Asia, I went off to do a show. So she literally moved into the room that I was originally in. Which is the same old apartment we were both yeah. in, but this is this proves how platonic our relationship was. Yeah. I had never seen his room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ever. Ever. So I opened up the door to, to essentially sublet from him, and I was like, oh, this is what This is what it looks like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so then I leave to go do a show for a few months. She's in the room, and here we are entering the beginning of 2018. Yeah. And then I come back, and we have this sort of overlap. Like, do we share room? the room? Yeah. Like, where do we go? The other room? Yeah. And already, the original roommate was already in. Yeah. So here we are, the two of us, what little belongings we have. I'm still massively injured. I'm not allowed to lift anything yeah. more than five pounds. Like. Still sharing yeah. this little space. And be mindful, I'm off on a show contract, and I find out, we find out that this apartment, God, I hate this place, <laughs> bed bugs. And so who has to deal with all of the bed bugs? Because, you know, yeah. you got to wash everything, clean everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This poor thing, injured, is sending me pictures of us, of her tearing the bed apart. And she's cleaning things. And it's tea tree oil and this ointment here and washing clothes. Yeah. And she handled all of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, I wish I were there to just even help. Yeah. But I, I think that goes back to the, the work ethic and my my sense of independence. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know where I got this independence yeah. from, the ferocious independence, but it's always been there. And I think just to tie in how special him being at the, the hospital with yeah. me in Japan, I don't remember the last time. It might have been when I injured my ankle in high school and had surgery, I don't think since I was a teenager have I enlisted any other injuries I've had, any other, you know, yeah. hospital visits. I've never had someone there with me. Yeah. Ever. Really? No. Yeah. Wow. No. That's what I was kind of hearing that is that both of you had to have this moment, right, with your injury and with bed bugs perhaps. Oh my gosh. Of just you both having this like, oh, they got this. Oh, I got yeah. this. Yeah, I'm really And there have been safe. other examples yeah, of that. Yeah, those seem to be huge, pivotal um, moments for you too, where you really surrender to it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray famously quotes, if you're planning a marriage, the best way to yeah. test that <laughs> is you buy a plane ticket out of JFK or wherever you are, mm -hmm. go off and travel together for a month with no agenda. Mm -hmm. And if you guys come back to still together, like great. And so we learned quickly early on that we're adaptable to whatever situation, we travel yeah. well together. Yeah. You know, here we were in the midst of this like 18 day road trip, yeah. driving from Vegas to LA up to her home in Eastern Washington. And this is the trip that I've taken by myself. In a car, stuck with someone for X amount of hours, and we're singing along to music, and then other shit came up. And here I am standing on some roadside in Oregon, going, No, I'm gonna find the nearest fucking airport and I'm flying home because I don't I can't do this. Mm -hmm. It was that in both ends of the spectrum type of trip. Yeah. And yet we survived it. 
Yeah. And so every time I hear that, that Bill Murray adage about if you really want to <laughs> test being with someone, like really bare bones travel with them. Yeah. And so, you know, here we are sleeping in a car together. Yeah. I've had zero complaints from this woman about spending the night in an airport. Yeah. But again, it, and it's, it's been discovery after discovery after discovery because that November road trip for me solidified us in a particular way. Mm. And then the, the relationship started to progress down this particular path. And then something else came up and we both handled that. And, you know, it's still to current day. Like we're going on Wednesday to see a couples counselor, not because we're in trouble, but because it's like, all right, what can we do maybe premaritally? You know, not saying we're going to get married. Yeah. But I was very much for a long time post-divorce. I don't need to get married again. Yeah. Let me be with someone. Let me be happy with them. But what can I do to continue to strengthen this relationship? Well, I would love a licensed therapeutic counselor there to sort of help mediate these, these conversations that we find ourselves yeah. in. And again, I'm open to that. I found someone who's open to doing mm-hmm. that. Because yeah. I can't simply handle some of our arguments. Because of her ferocious independence, there is a beauty in it, as well as a fucking, it drives me crazy to it. Because I'm like, oh my God, you, okay, you know what? We're just going to agree to disagree. We may not speak for a few hours. (laughs) And then it's, I come out of the bedroom and I'm like, hey babe, what do you want for dinner? But it's that, but it's understanding that we're these two independent people who come together not to join as one, but to come together as a powerful team to try to progress forward. Well, I think if each of us had not had our own traumas throughout our lives that came to a head, him, um, when he, I'm sure you guys spoke about this, uh, him discovering emotional sobriety. That was a major point for him. And for me, it was during the period that we discussed where I knew that I needed counseling, no matter how intelligent I am or was, how independent I was, I completely acknowledged the fact that I can't solve this on my own. So I think that if each of us had not already had a significant amount of counseling, this relationship, whether it would have worked out the way it has or not, um, I don't think it would have been as successful. And particularly when we have you know, our own baggage that we're still sifting through individually, you know, I, moving forward with certain disagreements, we both understand that sometimes those disagreements don't come from a place of who we are, you know, just in this moment or just that issue, but that sometimes those have residual, uh, just traumas still yeah. attached to them There's and it's not yes. yeah. and it's not it's not my responsibility to fix him it's not his responsibility to fix me yeah. so we celebrate both having done extensive counseling and we're not afraid at all to seek a couple's counseling a counselor just to be like oh okay yeah i didn't think of how this past experience is totally taking play with this no yeah. wonder you know yeah. so i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah you know, I, you know to continue to to deepen yeah. the relationship mm-hmm. we're at a place now where people will reach out to us can ask how we do it yeah <laughs> we're, we're just like, honest and upfront. it's like i mean it, it's work yeah. have a whole bunch of traumas go travel yeah. together yeah. <laughs> get counseling you know, there you go. Uh, <laughs> really really broken spend the night together in an airport <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. you know, sleeping on yeah. a suitcase. But yeah. but it's that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, I don't know exactly what you just said, Nicole, but it spoke to me of just how we are. We're on these individual paths, and it is. I feel like you can only do so much work with yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. I've I've been on that that space too that you both were just speaking of of, yeah. of going oh I'm done with men right I'm done with being with some well actually we're here to be in relationship with one mm-hmm. another and so when we just say we close ourselves off to that there's a part of you that actually isn't able to grow Correct. Um, as though you're even though you're saying I'm doing all this work on my own well yeah but then mm-hmm. you guys are each other's mirror and so whenever that is showing up for you of you know he says something that triggers you or vice versa it's like oh this is another opportunity for growth here yeah right yeah um, and you're both making that commitment to each other mm-hmm. which is really beautiful and acknowledging mm-hmm. it we also thank yeah thank you yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> um we we also and this this was very um profound for me when we first met before we started dating um i realized that one of the reasons that i had gotten so broken was because I didn't realize how much I expected of myself and then I also realized how much other people who whether they realized how deeply it hurt or not how deeply their expectations of me was so damaging and one of the first things one of the first conversations that we had that was on a more deeper level as roommates was about understanding that expectations are such such an awful thing if not used wisely. And that has been that has been something that has uh, served us in many ways throughout our relationship is both taking a step back if we do find ourselves in a disagreement to be like I I can't place the responsibility on you for X Y or Z because that's actually me expecting something yeah. of you, or I expect a certain outcome. And that's, that, that's just an anvil waiting to continue to crush someone. And, you know, and it goes both ways. Um, so that, that, that was, this is the first time we, we always say, even though this looks great, you know, hashtag couple goals or whatever that people say <laughs> online, you know, this is the first time, every relationship we have is, is the first time. You know, that that person's complex dynamics and nuances are the first time we will have ever had to balance them. And our own, what you're saying, you know, what brings something out of us in a relationship is also going to be the first time those those ingredients are being put to use with someone. And so we're just doing this for the first time, you know. This is the first time that me in a better place in my life and in many ways the best place in my life emotionally because I have stripped away those self-expectations I feel like I've thickened up my skin in places that I need to be and also know how to be vulnerable while still setting boundaries in other ways so we well all that to say um, we always come back to a point of you know what we only have one day at a time and if we wake up to the next morning sometimes we'll be in a frustrated argument and I'll be like listen if I wake if I don't wake up tomorrow just please know that I love you mm-hmm. you know and it seems perhaps cheesy to some people but we really mean it because yeah. we both have been at places where we're like I'm probably going to choose not to wake up tomorrow morning mm-hmm. you know but we're still here yeah. still, still standing mm-hmm. still standing yeah. mm-hmm. 
For the first time. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always a new experience. Like you said, yeah. the relationship is always new, but yeah, each fight that you have, each moment of celebration you have is always new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to speak to the expectation, I'm also kind of curious to hear your, your take on the expectation thing too, Cesar. Because that's something I've been it, definitely talking about a lot. Yeah. It, it's so much easier to apply a zero expectations policy, yeah. for lack of a better word, to the general world. Yeah. All of that fucking changes as soon as you get into a relationship. <laughs> uh, I love you. And you're sitting there waiting for someone to say, I love you right back. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, yeah. we don't realize how many expectations we put on our partner. And we've spent quite a bit of time coming to those realizations. In the outside world, I'm, I'm like good. I'm good. Socially, professionally, I got into what I do for work in the variety of places that I do, do all of the jobs that I have. And none of it is a job because I love it. And yeah, zero expectations, you know, I'm holding a banner that reads it. And then I come home <laughs> and I have to be reminded by my smarter and better three quarters, thank you. <laughs> Yo, where's that zero expectations policy? Mm-hmm. Because I do, I, I come in and I expect things to sort of happen. Why are you not automatically on my side? <laughs> well, just because I love you mm-hmm. and am your roommate, cohabitor and lover doesn't mean that I have to agree with you. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's interesting. Um, interesting, isn't it? it? No, it is interesting. <laughs> Where is the because, word we'll choose for now? You know, in, in the heat of the moment, in the yeah. heat of my displeasure with something, I find myself really wanting to fucking throw things out the window because I'm so aggravated. Yeah. But then I stop and I take, and be mindful, I teach people to professionally breathe. Yeah. So I take the deep breaths that I professionally am certified to teach but in the heat of an argument, forget to do. Yeah. Yeah. Even I, if I tell him. Exactly, and I'm oh, being and, reminded. And I, I will remind him, and because he's upset at me and he doesn't want to do I'm anything. I'm not going to listen to you. No, he, he usually, the response is like, I am, you know. And I'm not. <laughs> and he's not, you I'm know. I'm not, I'm not. But then, it, it, and then I take the breaths, and I realize, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? Because I don't agree with her, doesn't mean that we can't, via a connected path, continue to move forward. Yeah. And it isn't until after an argument, it isn't until after a disagreement that I realize the wisdom behind what just happened. Mm-hmm. And so slowly but surely, I think I'm finding myself on a, on a deeper level of understanding about being in a relationship. Because number one, I've never advanced this far in a relationship. <laughs> this is right around the time where every single relationship including my marriage, mm-hmm. is starting to unravel yeah. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And I like to think that every single failure isn't a failure, but a lesson. Yeah. So I've never really lost anything. I've either won something or I've really learned something. And so I progressed through that totem pole of learning up until current and present day. And I'm like, okay, <sighs> deep breath in, deep mm-hmm. breath out. Oh, shit. She's making a lot of sense. <laughs> and that's when I know that I'm in a, in a good place relationship-wise. But I also like to think that there are elements to where, Nicole, you've stood mm-hmm. post-argument and been like, okay, no, he's, he's had a, a couple of good points here as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if, again, we don't agree. Yeah. And we, mm-hmm. we want to progress forward. Yeah. So, again, it isn't about 
we need to tell people that what we do together is the written rule. Oh, God, no. You're figuring it out. Figuring it out. And that's how we translate what we do personally, professionally, spiritually, mentally, physically in life, how we want to lead our lives. And so that element of what I learn and what I teach within my own relationship is how I go off and I teach. Because as a yoga teacher, as a coach, as a personal trainer, as a public figure, how can I take the elements of my own personal life and just be open about sharing it so that someone in the world can be like, okay, you know what? You guys have served as an inspiration. And that's all we ever hope to do. Not to say that we are far from any imperfections. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm I'm military neat and she's messy. Correct. It's okay. Organized messy. I still know where things are. Her organized chaos is something Mm, I come in and I take a deep breath in and I'm like, yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, because I say to her, she, she says it all the time, I'm so sorry that I'm so messy. Yeah. And I say, babe, honest to God, mm-hmm. if your mess wasn't here, mm-hmm. that would mean that you're gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I look at the mess and I look at the pile of clothes and I look at the shit on the floor and I'm like, my baby's home. <laughs> and I don't mind it. I really yeah, don't. That's great. Whereas before, that was, a, that was the... the Fuse being lit to a dynamite of yeah. arguing for clean up your shit, put this away, because yeah. I expected yeah. an orderly house. I expected the house to be kept yeah. clean. I expected to be dishes, the dishes to be done when I got home. Yeah. No, no, no. All that stuff has to get thrown out mm-hmm. the window. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, there's so much going on in my mind hearing you. So I'll try to <laughs> touch on some of those things. But it's all good things. Yeah, this whole idea of expectation, I feel what you just said, coming home, and I expect this. That's what you expect for yourself, right? We have, I think the three of us are very similar, that we have high expectation of ourselves. Absolutely. Right? And we have this idea, and like what you said is you have this banner of zero expectations, but really... You have like you a laundry list of expectations yeah. of yourself, yeah. but the whole world—it's—it's it's kind of an interesting thing because I fall into this too. You know, being a yoga teacher is like, oh, you know, accept who you are, da 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 da. But we're not actually, like you said, taking our breaths. We're we're not holding ourselves accountable too with these expectations. And then I think in being in a relationship, that person is like this reflection of you right and so you've been telling other people don't have expectations but then you're having this like little thing mm-hmm. inside of you and then here you are this beautiful soul but it's a lot easier to dump it on her rather yeah. than like what's actually yeah. happening in here and so oh yeah that's what happens with the relationships I think that's why yeah. it gets too hard sometimes but it sounds like you guys are both able to call each other out. Like you said, she's mm-hmm. humble enough to say you're making good points, and you are too after those mm-hmm. few breaths, yeah, taking them it, reluctantly. It, 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 <laughs> it, that's the power of yeah. being in a collective with like-minded individuals. Yeah. Not just in a relationship, but yeah. within the circle of your personal friends, within the circle of your professional friends. Yeah. Because, you know, not everyone that we meet is a friend. Yeah. Not everyone we meet or come across is even going to become an acquaintance. Yeah. But we really have to find ourselves being more sympathetic to those that we even, for that nanosecond on the street corner, run into. Well, they're all you. They're all... Oh, yep, 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 yep. And we get more opportunities here in New York because you're on that street corner and that person who's face deep into their phone bumps into you. 
And so we turn around and we're like, what the fuck? And instead of the what the fuck, it's more of That's a... That's how he phrases it. <laughs> but it's turning around and, you know, rather than an agitation, yeah. maybe it's just a very sympathetic, very mm-hmm. sweet way of saying, hey, you okay? Because yeah. I don't know what you got going on in your phone. Yeah. Maybe you're dealing with an emergency. Maybe your mother is sick. Maybe you're trying to find a babysitter yeah. and you don't know where your kids are. I mean, we don't know what's going or on. maybe but we don't... you're the messenger too to get out of the phone. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and have that person yeah. genuinely look up and expecting agitation yeah. and you say to them, hey, you okay? Or, oh, no, it's okay. Like, is there, oh, I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm dealing with this. We, do, we don't give enough time to understand that someone else's life yeah. is happening. Yeah. We're so caught up in our own selves that we don't realize we don't know what this person is dealing with. Yeah. And maybe for that split second, Instead of a turning around and giving them a what the F and what's your problem and excuse me, it's instead of, hey, it's all right. You good? No, not really. I just, I, I, I'm, my dog sitter is late and that he needs to be walked. Oh, well, you know, maybe we can help. Okay, is there something we can do for you? Like just that general kindness. And to find someone in a relationship who shares that same sentiment of selflessness and kindness mm-hmm. and compassion and caring and just general courtesy is really something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love, love that we're both open to, you know what, I'm gonna take the last $12 in cash that I have in my pocket and give it to this homeless man. Yeah. Or, hold on babe, I'm running late because I just bought this homeless guy sandwich and James likes tuna fish on a ride with a little bit of mayo. Yeah. How do you know his name? Oh, because I see him every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And James and I are now homies because he's across the street from the gym that I coach at. Because she'll, she'll randomly look at me and be like, how do you know that person? And I'm just so bad with names in general. People that have come into my circle now because they're a part of Caesar's Circle, I will have met them sometimes three or four times. Sorry, anyone <laughs> listening to this. It's not that I don't care. My, my brain just doesn't work that way. My brain is, is very much, I, if, if it's written down, like if I see a name tag or if I physically write your name down, I got you. Yeah. But to hear your name, yeah. you have to have an I, it doesn't, yeah. It, it needs to be something visual for me. So I remember faces, but the yeah. fact that he can remember every single person's name in a class that he teaches, I'm like, <laughs> what's your name? <laughs> I don't know. Well, like we walk into one of my favorite bodegas right there between 14th and 6th mm-hmm. and 7th, and the owner's name is Noah. And I'm like, yo, what's good, Noah? Mm-hmm. And she's like, how do you know them? I said, because I've been in here probably twice a week for the last three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And again, what can we do, not just as individuals, yeah. but as a couple mm-hmm. and then as just people in general, yeah. mm-hmm. to sort of give another air of courtesy and kindness. And, you know, something as simple as remembering someone's name is going to help brighten the day. Yeah. So we're both in positions as performers. We're both in positions as teachers you as well included as yoga teacher what can we do to help someone that's coming into our class just shine a little bit brighter maybe mm-hmm. take away a little bit of the weight that they're carrying yeah. we're going off in august to teach at a studio a dance studio in new hampshire and we're planning the curriculum now and what is she going to do what am i going to do what are we going to do together but mm-hmm. we're realizing wow we're, we're far stronger as a couple than maybe we would be if we were just by ourselves. And so, and again, it's not without problems. It's not without trying to figure stuff out that we know as we advance in our relationship, there are going to be other obstacles to climb over. 
other bridges that we have to, to cross over, but I don't mind it. Yeah. Whereas before, at this point in a relationship before, I was like, oh man, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Yeah. And that's eventually what led to the demise of the relationship. Whereas here, I'm so excited to continue to grow. I mm. can't wait to continue to learn. And I just hope that I continue to live up to what zero expectations for what you want in a partner and you know and we haven't really talked about it here but it it really is establishing an element of open honest and truthful communication what do you want because I can't read your mind what do you need because I can't read your mind just tell me and whether we apply it to our relationship sexually personally professionally what are you unhappy with and some days I'm like, I don't know how to say this, but I know I need the next few hours just by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And the respect that we have for each other to go, okay, and you step away. Yeah. 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 It's, it's neat. I, I think it's yeah. really, really neat. Well, I think it also just, it's, it's a pivot point for me mentally to, I shouldn't say pivot point. It's like an, uh, an ear, ear marker for me to know that at this point uh, where we are, that even if we do have a disagreement in the future, 500 disagreements in the future, um, I feel like I have been heard from the very beginning. And that, that has allowed me to be able to be more vulnerable. And so it's allowed me to, in that way, watch myself continue to heal. I truly don't think that I would have healed as much from those really awful couple years of my life. Um, I don't think I'd be in the same place now if it hadn't been for him. I wasn't looking for a partner, and I also wasn't looking for someone to help me heal outside mm-hmm. of my counselor. But what really needed to happen was me to allow myself to trust someone else and for me yeah. to be vulnerable, and that has, that's the bedrock yeah. of, of our friendship, of our relationship. Yeah. You know? So I... If, if moving forward and having disagreements means that I'm able to heal some more, that sounds selfish, but to also help him heal and yeah. to exceed his own self-expectations that maybe need to be shattered and be like, you know what, it's, it's not going, you're not going to erode after two years in this relationship, you know. Yeah. It's to, to help provide some support and faith between the both of us. It's very, yeah. very much hand in hand. And don't sell that short. I mean, it isn't selfish, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm healing. Let's stay together. You know. No, but I mean, like what you said earlier, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys work better together. Yeah. Together, you know, join mm-hmm. forces, and so, you know, if you can heal, and he is, a, you know, a way, a vehicle to mm-hmm. to provide you more healing, then you can be more of service to other people yeah. too. Mm-hmm. More service right. to you. Yeah, Absolutely. and to him. Um, and there's something else that you were saying too just then and I just I really what it kept going through my mind hearing both of you talk throughout this is how I think also for for all of us being performers too is that we're able to really see like a bird's eye view of the bigger picture right we can't get wrapped up in those little tiny details Mm -hmm. of not getting this one step or not getting this one line having this little tiny argument you can see all the different pieces that go into a production, right, that go into a relationship, and so, yes, of course, in the moment when you're having that fight, but you're able, it sounds like you both are able to say stop and say, oh, let's look at what our overall intention is together, 
yeah, so that's really very sweet to see. And thank you. Thank you. Inspiring to yeah. see. We happily receive that. Thank you. Yeah. And again, we're not trying to set out to be the branded the couple. template of what a couple is supposed <laughs> no. to be. And I just, I, I think, if anything, the message of sitting down with you is whoever's listening, be individualistic to who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are with a partner who maybe shares some ideals and then disagrees with you on some things, that all of that is okay. Yeah. And we found ourselves in a place where we're together, but we also know we have our own individual ideas and uh, a template of what we like. I just know personally everything that's happening to me, I find I enjoy more because I've got this person in my corner who's going to continue to cheer that on. Whereas before, I used to have people sit here and downplay what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I absolutely perfect. <laughs> I, what I wanted to insert to that, too, is that's sort of the point of this whole, this po- whole podcast of the space in between is to give everybody perspectives. We're not here to hear the people's stories and say, oh, I want to live by, you know, like their sp- yeah. Sure. Yeah. I want to rinse and repeat what they're doing. Yeah. But it is, it's just so, okay, how can we take their story and see ourselves within it, mm-hmm. um, but then continue on our own story authentically, right? And so being able to sit with you individually, you know, and then now collectively has been a real Really true, a true gift to be able to, um, you know, hear, but also to share with other people thank too. Uh, so thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And Phoebe, yeah. without you and having yeah. this outlet to share to all of these listeners, so thank you. Yeah, thank you for well, even you wanting to share. So, yeah. and your story, I know, is beautiful, unique, and um, we are honored to know you and love you. Thank you. I love you both too so thanks. much. So. Always, it's always a pleasure to sit here. Um, before we do wrap up, mm-hmm. anything else you want to share, or where can we find you? I know we shared these before. Yeah. What's um, going on in your immediate future? Caesar here. Caesar's happily here. Caesar happily here. You can follow along on any of the adventures I find myself on on Instagram at Caesar F. Barajas, and all those links are there. But I also teach happily for Journey Live, which is the world's first live group meditation. So if you go to your app store, you can find at Journey Meditation on Instagram and in the app store, Journey Live. And literally tune in on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern and have me sit in with you on a 15 to 20 minute guided meditation. Uh, I'm also available to teach yoga and meditation on Aptive as well as yoga, boxing, and meditation at Neo U Fitness. And so the space today, which we're recording, was generously donated by NeoU. So thank you to the staff at NeoU. And my love is about to go off to her next show. So we're yes, excited. Your 19 jobs. These are part. These that's only three of them. If you're ever in New York City, you can take class with me physically at the New York Sports Club Lab, yep. as well as that. And you have a website and your social. Check me out. Website. Check out social. Yeah. All of that stuff is posted and scheduled. Yeah. And my, my next adventure, which is a beautiful uh, next step forward from all of our discussion about my injury, so yeah. the, the return, perhaps you might call it. Yeah, don't yeah. call it a comeback. <laughs> Yo, I've been here for years. 
Um, I, I leave next Monday Yay. to do Legally Blonde and jump rope my heart out down Dang at girl. the Arts uh, Center of Coastal Carolina. So if anyone happens to be in or around Savannah, Georgia, the Hilton Head is where the show's going to be. So you can take a quick jaunt over to there. Or if you're in Charleston, quick jaunt over. Or just come down from wherever you are. <laughs> to, to lovely yeah. Hilton Head. Legally Blonde, the musical, yeah. playing the fitness queen. Brooke Wyndham. Hi, so I'm Brooke Wyndham. And I, I want to I piggyback on that real quick. We're yeah. talking about her third show in a row yeah. since coming back literally from 18 months of a very rigorous rehabilitation yeah. for this injury. And so there was a lot of moments of we don't know if she's ever going to be able to dance again. Yeah. And so now third show in a row, Evita down in Florida, Sunshine Boys, Neil Simon play in Pennsylvania is now off to do yeah. Legally Blonde the musical. So again, as her number one fan and cheerleader, yo, that's that's no easy feat. Yeah. And to book things professionally in a row, back to back to back. With or without easy. injury, that's yeah. Awesome. Oh. yeah. Go girl. No. So yes, ma'am. That's con- confirmation. Confirmation yes. that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Exactly. You're exactly where you Just need to be. Just keep going. Great. Thank you, you both. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time with Nicole and Caesar. I certainly did. I really enjoyed sitting with the two of them. Uh, and we wanted to let you know that Caesar will be part of the, the event on the 4th of July, Breathe Free and Live Free. This will be a sunset yoga practice at the Hudson River Park, so Pier 25, uh, 6 to 9 p.m. This is hosted by Veterans Yoga Pro- Project and Lululemon. So if you're interested, you can probably find out more at Veterans Yoga Project's website and uh, under the events page, Breathe Free and Live Free. So go ahead and go say hi to Caesar and check that out.